Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. What's up, everybody? It is Wednesday night, but if you're listening, it's Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I don't think I can begin to tell you, in all honesty, how thankful I am for each and every listener and viewer, audience member, Fantasy Football Today family member out there. I love you all, and I appreciate every single day I appreciate you. I'm thankful for you. Thankful for Jamie Eisenberg and Thomas Schaefer staying up late tonight to do this show. Thomas behind the scenes. Jamie giving us all of his starts and sits. Today's episode is presented by Salesforce, and we thank you for being with us on this holiday. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what I'm not thankful for, Jamie. You ready? Yes. Week third, uh, week, what, week, week 12. This week sucks. Everybody has a bad matchup. I, I, it's like I can't get into anyone. It's like, oh, good. There's a good matchup here. Great. It's like some Kyron Williams against the Cardinals. You know, it's it's like all these good players have bad matchups. Waiting for start. Waiting for the day where Zach Charbonnet gets his chance. Bad matchup. Like I don't know. Bad quarterbacks everywhere. Backup quarterbacks everywhere. I think it's a stressful. It's just like Thanksgiving. It's a stressful. <laughs> stressful week, chaos, and a lot of bad... Everyone is a bad matchup this week. That's the theme. Well, you uh, you asked me for my top five holiday movies. We know yours is The Grinch, clearly, after uh, that rant. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. I think there are a lot of good matchups this week. I mean, I guess. I mean, there always are, but it just... I don't know. Maybe it's like, oh, yeah, Jamar Chase. Can't wait to start him. No. We'll see. Uh, anyway, Jamie, let's get into the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Who is the player you love this week? Who's our start of the week? Start of the week is Isaiah Pacheco. And i um, excited to see him hopefully snap out of his little mini funk. I thought he ran really well against the Eagles. You know, 19 carries, 89 yards, um, 10.1 PPR points. We know they're the best run defense, most uh, least amount of fantasy points allowed to running back. So I think if you just get that type of production from him, you should have been somewhat thrilled about it. But taking on the Raiders this week, they're number five in fewest fantasy points allowed. Most fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs. And I think we'll see Pacheco get back on track, especially if he's getting 20-plus touches. Now, he hasn't scored a rushing touchdown in five games in a row, and again, three games with 10 PPR points or less. But we just saw the Raiders give up over 22 PPR points combined to Raheem Mostert and Savon Ahmed. 
And five of the last seven running backs against the Raiders have gotten you 13.6 PPR points or more. So I don't know if Pacheco is going to have a huge game, but I do think he'll be in the top 15 range. And I do think this will be one of his better performances, certainly late. So that is a guy that I could be not necessarily excited, but but at ease starting. Just totally at ease. Like, yes, easy start. Isaiah Pacheco. Over under 16 PPR fantasy points for Pacheco. I'll take the under, but slightly. I think 14 and a half to 15 and That's a half. That's a good call because he has gone over 16 PPR points one time in his last 19 games since he basically became the feature back for the Chiefs. But he's pretty, pretty solid double-digit PPR points. He had uh, his first meeting with the Raiders last year, week 18. Eight carries, 74 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to have a good rush average. I feel pretty confident in that. Who do I love, Jamie? You know, I wasn't. I don't know that. I, you know who I would love if he practices in full all week is Josh Downs. It'd be easy for me to say Michael Pittman against Tampa Bay, but that's a piece of cake. Like if you have, if I had Garrett Wilson or even Devonte Adams or a player I was nervous about, even a streaking Calvin Ridley coming off that big game, like Pittman to me is just a layup. Where is he for you? Top fifteen guy, Pittman. Top 10. Top 10. Okay, so that's easy. Downs, on the other hand, I do want to see that he's healthy. But if he, I know he practiced today. I don't know if he practiced in full. But if he's in full go all week or most of the week, I'm a full I go. I believe I saw Downs. a headline. It might have been from the Indianapolis Star that said he's as healthy as he's been. Okay. Then, yeah, I'm pretty into it. How yep. about you? We're not talking about that game until Friday. Uh, what do you have him ranked? Uh, right around 30. You know, I, I think, again, you know, no team's on a – on a buy, so it's hard to say he's a top twenty-four guy. But I'm with you. I'm I'm excited about it. I think this is a, a great matchup, obviously, and it kind of ties into Gardner Minshew. You look at when Minshew's stats went south the last two games. You know he had the three games prior. Uh, I keep referencing it when I write it. His last three games, he's been eighteen points or, or lower. But you'll take eighteen points from Minshew. But the last two games were really awful, and it coincides with Josh Downs not being hundred percent. Absolutely. Yep. All right, we, uh, the games we're going to talk about today are Miami at the Jets, Baltimore at the Chargers. Someone asked me, would you start Tua or Herbert? I'm like, boy, you've never had a tougher week to make that call. <laughs> um, Jacksonville at Houston, Cleveland at Denver, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, Kansas City at Las Vegas, and Carolina at Tennessee. Inside the Lines is Sportsline's new show. It takes you behind the scenes with the brains behind the Sportsline simulation, showing you line movement throughout the week, injuries that will impact matchups, and early value plays using the model's projections. So get ahead of the lines and the public every weekday with data and analysis that you can't find anywhere else at youtube.com slash sportsline. All right, this is terrific advice every weekday for at 1 p.m. Eastern. YouTube.com slash sportsline. Make some bets, baby. Jamie, here is the stat that makes you realize how ridiculous fantasy football is. This is one of my favorite stats that I found this week so far. And it's what the Baltimore Ravens have done inside the four-yard line or from the four-yard line or closer in (laughs) weeks two through six and weeks seven through 11. What? It's very, very uh, specific. Well, because it just has such a fantasy impact. For the Gus Edwards manager and the Lamar Jackson manager, right? Because in the first, I I took out week one. That was a Dobbins week. Justice Hill scored two touchdowns, right? So the next five games, weeks two through six, Baltimore had eight carries from the four-yard line or closer. Gus Edwards had three of them. Lamar Jackson had four of them. Justice Hill had one. How about the last five games? Baltimore's had 10 carries from the four-yard line or closer. 
One of them was a Tyler Huntley kneel down. The other nine were all Gus Edwards carries. He has gotten every single carry from inside the four yard line, and he has scored nine touchdowns in those four in those five games. It has had a profound impact on those two players in fantasy. It's been very frustrating for Lamar Jackson, but it is like crazy that every he's gotten every single one from the four yard line or closer when they were running a lot of design run plays for Lamar Jackson in that range early in the year. We'll see. You know he's touchdown dependent, but he's basically the most reliable touchdown guy right now. He really is. And, you know, it's uh, we had this last year with Jamal Williams, you know, where he just kind of said, okay, he's going to score. And, you know, we've seen a little bit with Kareem Hunt. We've seen it with David Montgomery at times um, that, you know, they're they're just – I don't want to say they're layups, but mm-hmm. it feels like they're layups. You know, they get inside that range, and you kind of just know what it's com- what's coming. So, um yeah, it's like it, it's hard when you do rankings with players like that because it's like you want to say, okay, here's six points, but if they don't score, you know, it's like we had this conversation with Taysom Hill. You know what happens when the touchdowns go away? How bad is it going to be? We saw it in week 10 against Minnesota. Um, there's going to be a game where Gus Edwards doesn't score and you're going to get, you know, maybe a 60, 70 yard rushing day. You'll say, okay, seven points. I mean, even look, what was it two games ago? He had a touchdown and only nine points because he had 30 something yards rushing. Right. Um, you know, so th- there's going to be games like that also, but it just feels like if he ever got the chance to do a little bit more and we don't know where the targets are going to go because of Mark Andrews, you know, he's, he's, he's had basically a catch, I think on average for the season, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. um, if that bumps up to maybe three, which mm. would be a surprise, but if yeah. it does, That'd be big. you know, then my gosh, he could be awesome. That'd be great. Yeah. Would you start Gus Edwards over Charbonnet and Dylan? I would, yes. And I would start him over James Conner this week, and I would start him over Javante Williams this week. You know, I just don't love the matchups for those guys. Um, you know, and, and specifically those two, Conner and and Williams, you know, you're talking about touchdowns versus non-touchdowns. Williams has yet to score a rushing touchdown this year, only two receiving touchdowns. Broncos have one rushing touchdown as a team. I know. <laughs> and the Cardinals only have three, and James Conner's got two of them. And he's not involved in the passing game either. So if you're talking about, you know, where these guys are, you know, you think, oh, my God, James Conner's been has the chance to be awesome. And Javante Williams at times has been awesome. I mean, give me Gus Edwards all day with his matchup. All right. Listen, it is uh, Thanksgiving. So I think Jamie and I are entitled to a little bit of fun that you all can join in on. So here's our email of the day. It is from Scott. And he says, hey, Jim, William, Ernest, and Kareem. Those are... You there? Oh, yeah. It feels like what, airplane? I think they're Browns running backs. Oh. Is there a William? Is there a William for the Browns? Um, Willie. Jim, William, Ernest, and Kareem. <laughs> Ernest Biner, Jim Brown, Kareem Hunt. Yeah. There was a Will- William Green, but he wasn't really good on the Browns. Oh, Willie Green. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, his question is, how do you rank the top five holiday movies rest of season? Which I thought was a funny way to frame it. But basically, top five holiday movies, even though there are... Well, Jamie has a Thanksgiving movie in there. Jamie's list is dumb. It's trolling me, basically. But <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have one holiday movie in there that's just a holiday. It's not about the upcoming holidays. I don't remember. Okay, what's your top five? My top five, if I remember the list I gave you, uh, one clearly it. is Die Hard. Easy. Yeah, right. Um, two is Rocky Four. Again, easy. <laughs> <It's> so stupid. <laughs> uh, 
three was I want to make sure I have it right. It's a Sandlot. Sandlot. No, Sandlot because yeah. it's holiday. Because right. Because there's fireworks for five minutes, uh, for five seconds in that movie. Listen, Fourth of July, it's a big night for them. They get to, they get to play baseball under the lights. That's it's a holiday. Um, <laughs> uh, Home Alone and Plane, Trains, and Automobiles. Fine. Thank you for getting two holiday movies in your top five. Numbers four and five. Die Hard, Rocky Four, Sand. Like, obviously, the Die Hard <laughs> argument is 15 years old now. The Rocky Four argument is doesn't even exist because nobody thinks it's a Christmas movie. The Sandlot is insane. Uh, Home Alone. That's like calling the Sandlot a swimming movie because there's a scene at a pool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, look, that's a big thing for those kids. They get to play baseball under the lights. It's such a cool scene. I've seen that. It gives me chills. The American beautiful play. And planes, trains, and automobiles. All right, Thomas, I asked you for your top five. Do you have it? Yeah, it's in no particular order, but Home Alone, Home Alone 2, uh, Christmas Vacation, Elf, Bad Santa. And my honorable mention would be the Santa Claus. Yeah, I mean, Jamie not having Christmas Vacation on there is a major oversight. Well, yeah. it's funny because like when I got to um, when I got to five, I was like, which of the comedies do I like the best? And Christmas Vacation was on the list. Scrooge was on the list. Mm. Um, what was the other one? Uh, Elf was on the list, and and uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And you know that's just such a classic. Right, but you could obviously get rid of the Sandlot. <laughs> make it I could, but then it wouldn't be fun. My top. <laughs> you said five. holidays. I mean, listen, you left it. You left. It, you left it up to interpretation. Sure, I, I could have gone Groundhog Day. I actually could've. saw something on Twitter that people were saying uh, First Blood is actually a Christmas movie too, because like when he first interacts with the cop, there's like a yeah, it totally Christmas is. decoration. <laughs> yeah, sure, totally it is. is absolutely Merry Christmas. Lethal uh, Weapon too. You're right. Uh, lethal Weapon also, he's saying. Uh, Christmas Vacation, one for me. Home Alone, two. Elf, three. The Night Before, number four. I love that movie. Uh, and I put Love Actually on there. Like, there should be some some romance uh, in, in your holiday movie. And I put uh, two honorable mentions, Office Christmas Party. I always go back and forth between The Night Before and Office Christmas Party. And I love the movie Just Friends. Love Just Friends. It's oh, on movie. all the time in the month of December. And so if you stumble on it, it's probably on Comedy Central right now. Uh, watch Just Friends. It's so good. News and notes. Derek Carr practice. He's still in the concussion protocol, but trending in the right direction. So it's early enough in the week. We can be optimistic. Let's get Derek Carr. We are. I have not done it yet, but we are ranking him. Okay. Mac Jones seems to be the favorite to start. A little unclear, but it seems like that's the case at the Giants. Uh, Geno Smith practice. He's going to play on Thursday. Running back news. Devon Achan is questionable. So if people are listening to this and they have to make their Thursday decisions before we find out about the Friday guy, Devon Achan, what are we doing here? Or and, and Raheem Mostert too. I mean, all the Thursday guys over Achan at this point. And then I think Mostert, you kind of know that he'll still be heavily involved regardless. So I don't know if that should really factor into the equation. If you're looking at most or, you know, slight downgrade maybe, but it doesn't feel like A-Chan's going to get a heavy workload. Uh, Ken Walker is going to be out. Kenny McIntosh is going to play. Antonio Gibson is questionable. Apparently he's going to be a game time decision. So the Lions game is before that. Lions Packers is before that. So if you have to make any Brian Robinson calls, remember we said earlier on Wednesday, uh, Jamie and Heath basically were going to knock Gibson or knock Robinson down. I, th- I think it was about at 10 spots or so. Yeah, it probably would be that. You know, it's a tough matchup to begin with just from a running standpoint, but the fact that he would get all the work without Gibson there is the 
the the thrilling part, forget about encouraging, the enthralling part. I mean, you've seen now two games of him as a pass catcher, and he's been fantastic. So um, I would still start him as a as a number two running back uh, with with Gibson playing. But if Gibson's out, he's a number one. AJ Dillon is questionable, but he will play. Uh, Rico Dowdle is questionable, but he's expected to play. Damian Pierce back at practice. So, uh, well, that's, I think that's the first game we're talking about. It's one of the first games we're talking about. We'll talk about the Texans running backs. Kyron Williams is expected to play at Arizona. Wide receiver news DK Metcalf has not practiced, but he is playing on Thursday. T. Higgins missed practice on Wednesday. Christian Watson, Jaden Reed, and Dontavian Wicks are all on the injury report. I think Wicks is the one. In question here, I believe he's in the concussion protocol, so I think Watson and Reed should be fine. Darius Slayton seems to have a decent connection with Tommy DeVito if you're looking in those deep leagues, but he missed practice with an arm injury, so keep an eye on Darius Slayton. Rashad Bateman hurt his foot, but he says he's fine. Josh Downs practiced. Jalen Guyton for the Chargers. He's back at practice, and I can't make the case for him this week against Baltimore. But going forward, I certainly can make the case that he's the second best wide receiver on the team, and that if you own Quentin Johnston, that maybe you should pivot to Guyton. At least I can make that case. I agree. Uh, Noah Brown mispracticed. Mispractice. You know, I think Dalton Schultz. It's been six or seven weeks where he's been pretty good. I think maybe he's played one game where every receiver has been healthy. Uh, one guy's been out or has left early. I think in every game, actually. I mean, he's played every game. He has played every game, yeah. Despite you trying to erase him. <laughs> um, but he's played every game. Uh, but yes, they've had, at some point, somebody feels like they've been banged up. Yeah, it's, I think it's been every week. It's either been Dell, Collins, Woods, or Brown, but never Schultz. Luke, Mus- yeah. so Luke Musgrave is on IR with a lacerated kidney. Get well soon. And Gerald Everett practice, which is a big time. It's like, I would have been a little bit excited about Donald Parham. I've been tight end hell in a couple leagues. I would have started him for sure. But Gerald Everett back at practice, so that looks like probably he'll play. Uh, Offensive line news, nothing too major here, except Baltimore left tackle Ronnie Stanley practiced. He missed last week's game. Defensive news, Tyson Campbell still missing practice for the Jaguars, their top corner. Devondre Campbell looks like he's going to play. Jair Alexander is also questionable. Two big-time players on the uh, Packers defense. Cincinnati edge Sam Hubbard practice. Practiced Washington cornerback Emmanuel Forbes as if their pass defense wasn't bad enough. He's out for Thursday's game. The biggest one that I'm following here, and I don't know how much it matters, but if you have any you know, lack of faith in uh, Devontae Smith, three defensive backs for the Bills all started out as a DNP, missing practice, on Wednesday. And I'll skip the rest. We'll, we'll keep an eye on Milton Williams, defensive tackle for the Eagles. He's in the concussion protocol. And uh, remember, Jamie just said Isaiah Pacheco ran all over the Eagles, which really nobody's done. And also Marshawn uh, Lattimore mispracticed. Yep. And Marlon Humphrey, keeping on that too. Marlon Humphrey practiced. So he's uh, Baltimore's you know, very good corner at the Chargers on Sunday night. And he practiced. And... Uh, Pretty soon the networks will figure out that the Chargers are frauds and we won't have to watch them on primetime all the time. We'll take a break. When we come back, one question for each game. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. I said a mean thing about the Chargers before we went to break. I apologize. I'm in a bad mood. Well, to, to your point, I think they'll realize it when Brandon Staley's gone. Which is unbelievable that it hasn't happened yet, in my opinion. But, you know, you can't defend the defense. Their defense is terrible. And I think... Rex Ryan said they they have the second most amount of money invested in their defense in the NFL. 
Well, they paid Bosa. They signed Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack, Derwin James. Signed Derwin James. Yeah, I mean, obviously Bosa's out now. They do lose a lot of close games. That's the thing. I understand why they're on the networks because they are exciting. They have Justin Herbert, and they play a lot of competitive games. But it's such a shame. It's a shame that they're frauds because they have so much talent. Well, right. it feels as if they're wasting a couple of great years of Justin Herbert. Absolutely. And the and the twilight of, of Austin Eckler's career. And Keenan Allen's. Okay. One question for each game. Miami's at the Jets. Garrett Wilson or Jalen Waddell? I'd give Wilson a slight nod just because, A, he's been more productive over the course of the season. And, B, I feel like the defense he's facing is a little bit easier than the defense that Waddle is facing. Now, granted, you could say quarterback matters here, which clearly it does. But I would guess that the situation is going to be somewhat similar. We're bad targets, but a lot of them going in Garrett Wilson's direction. More so than Waddle's. We have a great YouTube poll, by the way. Which underdog has the best chance to pull the upset on Thanksgiving? Packers over Lions, Commanders over Cowboys, Seahawks over Niners. Definitely the Packers, right? Oh, very close between the Packers and the Seahawks. Yeah, I would say Seattle. Like, I struggled to pick that game um, for the site. I did actually pick the 49ers to cover, but it feels like it could be a close game, you know, just because Seattle's kind of, I don't want to say they're backs to the wall, but, you know, they're they're coming off a pretty tough loss, and you know what that rivalry has been. But it just feels like San, San Francisco, if, if they don't make mistakes, they're going to steamroll. Baltimore's at the Chargers. Starter sit, Justin Herbert. He's my 12th quarterback this week. Actually, two is 13th if you're you know, looking at those, those two scenarios. Um, so I don't think it's a slam dunk. Now, he's been better at home, and you got to assume that they're going to be throwing a lot. But, I mean, when Baltimore turns it on defensively, it's going to be, I think, tough for a lot of teams as we've seen. I mean, look what they did to the Lions and how they obliterated that offense. So I don't think this is a great week for Justin Herbert. Jacksonville's at Houston. Are we going right back to Trevor Lawrence and or Calvin Ridley? No. Um, you know, Lawrence, you know, did not play great against the Texans the first time that they met. Now, granted, Houston's allowed some big games to quarterbacks lately, uh, specifically Joe Burrow and Kyler Murray. Um, I don't know if Lawrence just has that ability to turn it on again. So he's he's a top 15 quarterback for me. But if you're asking starter sit, I would lean sit. Three straight quarterbacks have scored 22 to 23 points or 22 to 24 points. Against Houston, that would be Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow, and Kyler Murray. Um, one thing I wanted to note about Calvin Ridley, in case I forget later, he played his highest percentage by far in the slot last week, about 25%, which is not a lot, but it is a lot more than usual. And he had something like 60 yards and a touchdown on on two targets out of the slot or something like that. So maybe 50 yards, whatever it was. And he's been his stats are very good out of the slot this year. It just there haven't been a lot of it. But that was one his, adjustment. His best games have come when Zay Jones has played. Yeah, I could I can't quite figure out if it's matchups coincidence or if it's because he's running different routes. I think it's he's running different routes. That, that that would be the thing for me because I think what we've seen from this offense for the most part is they don't challenge down the field consistently. And when he's the guy that has to run down the field, he's just not getting those opportunities. All right, Baltimore, uh, sorry, uh, Cleveland at Denver. That's the one. Cleveland at Denver. Is there a great start in this game? The closest aside from the DSTs would probably be Jerome Ford for me, you know, just based on how bad Denver's been against the run. And so if if Ford continues, his floor just feels so safe. I mean, it's like five of six games with 11 PPR points or more. 
you know, so he's just kind of lived in that range. Unfortunately, he hasn't really escaped it. But, I mean, he gets 60, 70 yards and a touchdown this week. Would not surprise me at all. Uh, let's see. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Same question. Is there one great start in this game? I'm not benching Jamar Chase, but he's not the same Jamar Chase with Jake Browning. I mean, look, he might be. You know, that's the thing. We, we just really don't know. Um, can can Browning to Chase be better than Bajent to Moore or Zach Wilson to Garrett Wilson or I'm trying to think, you know, look, if, if he's, if, if it's Aiden O'Connell to Devontae Adams, like those type of opportunity yeah. targets, mm-hmm. I'll take my chances with Jamar Chase all day. Right. I think, you know, Rippin, remember where we had uh, Puka and Cup ranked in the Rippin game, not low enough, it, fairly high for Cup. So it's possible for, for him to be bad. I got to be honest. I, I, I did not think Browning was that bad. I agree. I agree. You know, and anytime you give a guy a chance to, you know, get some, some reps, and I guess, look, we should also say DTR slash PJ Walker and Amari Cooper. Um, the difference is, though, think about the receivers we're talking about. Devontae Adams is 30-plus. Cooper Cup is 30-plus and has already been banged up. I mean, Jamar Chase is still in the prime of his career. Well, so, yeah. Um, so hopefully that matters, you know, as opposed to just uh, a struggling veteran dealing with, you know, um, backup quarterback. Next game, Kansas city at Las Vegas, Josh Jacobs or Isaiah Pacheco. Pacheco for me. Um, Jacobs has been a little tough to trust the last couple of, I should say last couple of games. There's been some, some red flags the last couple of games, you know, in terms of what Jacobs had been doing a lot of work, not a lot of work in the passing game. So, you know, volume has mattered. And we saw against Miami when they were chasing points, they weren't throwing to him. And that's the scary part because he thought at least with that week four game sure. against the Chargers when O'Connell started under Josh McDaniels, he had 11 targets and eight catches. And so why has that not been sort of a staple? Maybe get, they get back to that this week, but a uh, tough matchup. And, you know, I think you just lean toward they're kind of similar in terms of where they are right now. Not a lot of work in the passing game. You're expecting a lot of carries, and I'll take my chances with the guy facing the Raiders as opposed to the guy facing the Chiefs. Yeah, Jacob's averaging about one more PPR point per game this year than Pacheco, but Pacheco with the better matchup. And Does that speak to Jacob's having a bad year or Pacheco having a good year, that they're so close? Jacob's having a bad year. First yeah, of all, this is I didn't know this until Schaefer put up the graphics, so credit to him. It was uh, 13.8 for Jacob's and 12.7 for uh, Pacheco. And 13.8, I'm not going to call 13.8 a bad year, but uh, it, it's been it's been really bumpy for uh, for Jacobs. Well, I know, like these are two guys I was I was avoiding was uh, Jacobs and Derrick Henry based on some of the circumstances. Jacobs with the holdout, Henry with his age. Henry's at 13.3 for the season, you know. Mm-hmm. So you don't you don't you're not drafting those two guys where you're drafting them for those numbers. No. And uh, speaking of Derrick Henry, Carolina, Tennessee, Adam Thielen or Derrick Henry in half PPR. In half, I'm going to go Henry. Um, I think this is, you know, I I, I wrote the, the start of start sit last week with Tony Pollard against this matchup. He had 18 PPR points. They're just basically a free space at this point. And, you know, you pointed this out. You say this a lot. Um, I don't know how much you've actually attached the numbers to it. Um, Derrick Henry in favorable game scripts. So I went back and looked at it today. He's had, I think it's six games this season that they've either won or lost by less by seven or less. And in those six, I think it's seven times, six of them, he's been 16.2 PPR points or more. Wow. So they've been blown out a few times, obviously. Um, but even in, you know, what you would consider a one score game, 
he's been fairly successful. And and this is one of those games where they're three and a half point favorites. I mean, my gosh, if they lose this one, it's a complete disaster. But they should they should be able to hang with the Panthers, if not beat them. And that sets up for him having success. Yeah, and both these guys are in pretty good spots here. Thielen against Tennessee, yeah. Henry against Carolina. Someone said, why so moody, Adam? I'm not at all. I, I hope people are picking up. It's really just a, a like an act. <laughs> He's doing a bit. He's doing a bit. a bit. It's a bit. Yeah, it's just I'm frustrated by all the difficult decisions that we have this week. And, you know, one of the reasons is we have we have arguably the best offense in football against the arguably the best defense in football, Miami and the Jets. We have the Chargers against the Ravens. We have the Bengals with a backup quarterback. We have what else is bothering me? Um, <laughs> uh, well, you're a Giants fan, so a lot's bothering you. Oh, the Giants are going to win again. That's pissing me off. Like I don't want that. I don't want that to happen. They're obviously going to win. Uh, all right. Anyway, let's start. To, let's start the games here. Miami's at the Jets. Stat of the game. Oh, Brees Hall. Brees Hall is averaging two and a half yards per carry in his last five games. It's been terrible. And the Dolphins, in their last four games, here are the the PPR fantasy points for the last four running backs they've faced. DeAndre Swift, 10.5. Ramondre Stevenson, 7. Isaiah Pacheco, 6.6. Josh Jacobs, 6.1. None of them had more than 22 receiving yards, and that's the only thing Hall has had to fall back on. Is he still an easy start, Brees Hall? I don't know if I categorize anybody on the Jets as easy, um, but I'm not benching Brees Hall, you know. So I probably don't. It's probably not fair for me to rank Joe Mixon 24th and Brees Hall like 12th, you know, just based on their circumstances, right? Because it's backup quarterbacks, bad matchups. Um, mm, can you trust them? Hall but, is, I, but yeah, well, I mean, Hall is running so poorly, but at least he has some explosiveness in him, like a 50-yard touchdown catch against the Giants. Right, his game. That's Mixon right. doesn't do that. <laughs> Yeah. No, but you're right. But All right, he's a top 12 guy for everybody. He's 7th for Heath, 11th for Dave and Jamie. So you can start Brees Hall. Mostert or Hall? Mostert. All right. How you feeling about Tua? You're the low guy on Tua. Not good. Um, you know, you take away uh, week one when he had the 33 points against the Chargers. He's been miserable on the road. And granted, you know, some of those games have been obviously brutal, but there's a game against the Patriots in there too. Um, this Jets defense clearly is is very good against quarterbacks. Now they've given up some production to quarterbacks. Some of it has been with their legs. We know Tua doesn't do that. Um, so I'm a little nervous. You know, you know, you you saw some some flaws last week. You know, not against the against the Raiders at home where he didn't have the huge game. So I don't think it's a necessarily slam dunk. I don't I, like I have I have Tua in two leagues. One is a two QB league where I'm not benching him clearly. And one is my guillotine league where I'm sitting him for Kyler Murray. Um, mm-hmm. Or I got to check. I put in a bid. Oh, man, I forgot to look at that. Um, I put in a bid for we do ad, uh, free ad drops at 7 p.m. And I forgot to check. Oh, no. um, I put in a bid for uh, for Josh Allen. He was available. <laughs> what a fun league. That's, it really is. That's crazy. Uh, okay, so, to, uh, so we're going to start CJ Stroud over him. Josh Dobbs, start, correct me if I'm wrong. Josh Dobbs. Oh, I got Josh Allen for 50 bucks. Let's, Let's go. go. Uh, Josh Dobbs, uh, b- 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 Justin Fields, Jared Goff over Tua. Josh Dobbs, Justin Fields, yes. Okay. And most dirt you love. If A-Chan plays, where do you think you'll rank him? Um, A-Chan will probably not be a top 24 running back for me just with the concern of the injury and the re 
the potential of re-injuring himself. So he'll be probably behind both guys that we are concerned about on Thursday, which are A.J. Dillon and Zach Charbonnet. And what did Mike McDaniel say about Jeff Wilson? <laughs> he said something so funny. I don't know. I, I He basically said he's ready to go uh, for week 12. Let me see if I can find the quote. Because everything, I, Mike McDaniel's my favorite, not my favorite coach, he's my favorite person. <laughs> um, he, I think he said something like, we're ready to get the people's champion back or something like that. Anyway, uh, Jeff Wilson's available. He's 24% rostered as of Wednesday night, so... Might be someone that's worth stashing. Tyreek Hill is a must-start guy, but Jalen Waddell is not. Jamie already said Jalen Waddell is behind <clears throat> uh, Garrett Wilson, who's also not necessarily a must-start guy. Uh, would you start, how about Debo Samuel or Jalen Waddell or Garrett Wilson? How, how would you rank them? Debo Samuel, Jalen Waddell, or Garrett Wilson? I would rank them in PPR. Wilson, Samuel, Waddell. Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley or the wide receivers in this game? Uh, Kirk, Wilson, Ridley, Waddle. What a shame that we have to pretty much don't have to, but we are more or less benching Jalen Waddle. I'm only benching him in two receiver leagues. Three. I mean, he's like 25 yeah, for course. me. So it's not, it's not a, a must sit situation. You know, it's going to, it, it reads that way in start him, sit him, but, um, it's, uh, it's not a, a must sit across board. You want to hear just quickly the transactions while I have in front of me since you enjoy these <laughs> guillotine leagues. This is where, one team gets eliminated every week, and that team's players are available to the rest of the league. All right, so Christian McCaffrey was available. Went for $385 out of 1000 uh-huh. Uh Austin Eckler went for 134 Alvin Kamara went for 81 I got Josh Allen for 51 Isaiah Pacheco went for 41 Cortland Sutton went for 19 Alexander Madison went for 14 Demario Douglas went for a dollar. Kyler Murray was picked up after I dropped him um, for free. Amari Cooper for free. Zach Charbonnet for free. And Jake Ferguson for free. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kyler Murray for free is is a very good... Uh... Well, I mean, I dropped him for Josh Allen. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. So here, I'll let you set my lineup for me. Here's my lineup. Josh Allen, a quarterback. Okay. That's the easy one. I only have one tight end, Sam Laporta. So pick... Two, it's two running backs, two receivers, and and two flexes. Here are my running backs. You ready for this group? Uh huh. Jonathan Taylor. Ooh, brutal matchup. Week third, week twelve, baby. Jameer Gibbs. Start him. Kyron Williams. Sit him. Bijan Robinson. Mm, I like him. Ramondre Stevenson. Mm. And Tony Pollard. I can only pick two of those. No, you can pick four. Oh, okay. Gibbs. <sighs> Taylor. Bijan. Remember, I don't have to finish first. I just can't finish last. <laughs> Gibbs, Taylor, Bijan, Ramondre. Okay, but wait, you, you haven't heard the receivers yet. So the receivers I'm are really starting Devontae Ramondre Smith. over Pollard. I think I am starting Ramondre over Pollard. Yeah, good. Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. Nico Collins. Mm-hmm. Puka Nakua. Mm-hmm. DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. And Deontay Johnson. How many do I start there? Again, it's it's either two or four. Oh. Yeah, I'll start Puka if Cup's out. I forgot. Not Deontay. Not sure Deontay I'm, Johnson's on the bench. For sure. Not sure I'm loving DJ Moore. Who was the first one you said? Uh, Devontae Smith. Oh, Devontae Smith for sure. 
Right now, here's what I have. Probably I Smith have and Taylor Puka. Gibbs. Smith and Puka. I have Taylor Gibbs, the four receivers. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, right, that's what I have right now. Okay. Yeah, I like the running backs better than the receivers. But you got a lot of bad matchups there because, you know, it's week 12. All right, back to yep. this game here. Brees Someone's Hall- going to love my team. if They're going to get a lot of talent if I lose. <laughs> yeah, right? No kidding. Um, all right, Garrett Wilson, we know he's like a number two wide receiver. We can compare him to some others uh, throughout the throughout the show. If anybody has any questions, fire away. Like, would you start Garrett Wilson, or if Cooper Cup plays, would you start Puka Nakua or Garrett Wilson? I would start Puka probably regardless. Okay. Yeah, Dave's pretty low on him. Dave's got him outside the top 24. Dave's definitely not a Tim Boyle guy, and I, I get it. Right. And nobody's a Zach Wilson guy, but you know, but it can get worse. I mean, at least for Garrett Wilson, with Zach Wilson, you were routinely getting, you know, 10 or more targets. So, yeah. All right. Tyler Conklin, you can sit. Dolphins DST is third for Jamie, fourth for Dave, eighth for Heath. Jets DST is a sit for the guys this week. Baltimore's at the Chargers. All right, this will be a little bit of a test here for the Ravens. When they faced their the best offenses they've faced, it's mostly been at home. Uh, and then last week was pretty interesting with Cincinnati, and then Burrow got hurt, you know? So we'll see what the Chargers do, but the at least the Ravens can fall back on their pass rush. They lead the NFL in sacks. Uh, Lamar Jackson is fifth for everyone. And, you know, he hasn't been very good without Mark Andrews, but he's really never had the supporting cast that he has now. And uh, the Chargers are just awful on defense. So what are your thoughts on Keaton Mitchell, who we haven't talked about, and again, Gus Edwards? I mean, Edwards is a must-start running back, in my opinion. Uh, clearly in non and half PPR, it's a slam dunk. And I think in full PPR, like I said, I would start him over James Conner, Javante Williams, James Cook, Zach Charbonnet, A.J. Dillon. I don't know how much more you want me to go, no, but that's cool. that feels like a pretty good list. Um Mitchell is more of a flex. You know, we just haven't seen consistent work from him, which is tough to trust. And so, you know, goal line opportunity is not going to be there. Hasn't really shown himself to be reliable in the passing game, but favorable matchup. I think favorable game script too, because they should be playing with the lead. So maybe they give him an opportunity to carry the ball. So um, not a bad flex play, but, you know, again, behind those guys I mentioned that I would start Edwards over. And so if you're looking at it, the guys that we just picked up, the... Uh, the Charbonnets and the Dillons of the world, I think they're safer than than Mitchell. Uh, would you start Gus Edwards over a guy like Jalen Waddle? Again, definitely a nine and a half PPR, and I would in full PPR too. Wow. Okay. All right. How do we feel about Beckham and Zay Flowers this week? Who do you like better? I like Flowers better. You know, and again, small sample size, but go back to Week One when Andrews didn't play, and it was what nine or ten targets and seven catches or something like that for for Flowers. It was. Yep, this is pretty nine impressive. catches for 78 yards on, on 10, 10 targets. targets. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, look, I don't know if that was just byproduct of game plan. Obviously, Beckham was still coming back from the ACL tear. You know, so he wasn't a significant factor at that point. I think Bateman was still dealing with the foot injury, too. So, you know, you have some things at play. But it feels as if slot receiver will get some bigger opportunities. And, and that's kind of where Zay Flowers has been. So... I have them both as high-end number three receivers with Flowers a borderline number two guy. So I'd lean toward him if you have to make a choice. But it's a great matchup across the board. You know, Chargers are top five in fantasy points allowed to receivers. So it should be an opportunity for these guys to be productive. You just got to hope that Beckham's okay dealing with the shoulder. Yeah, he did miss practice on Wednesday, I believe. 
And Flowers is the slot guy more so than the others, and the Chargers are really bad. Fourth most yards per catch to wide receivers out of the slot. Um, the Chargers are just bad in general against wide receivers. They allow the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. They give up a ton of big plays, and that's something that Beckham really has been thriving at lately. Isaiah Likely, you are more, it's pick him up and stash him. It's not pick him up and start him, Isaiah Likely, right? That's the way I would approach it. But again, it's a great matchup. You know, they've been bad against tight ends. I'm going to move him up a few spots in my rankings. I think I have him a little bit too low. Probably be closer to fifth. Like right now, I have Parham ranked ahead of him. That's not going to be the case. Um, So I'll move him up a few spots, but not in the top 12. I think it's a great stash candidate. You know, if he has a good game this week, then they go into their body. You'll be like, okay, maybe I got something here to carry me in the fantasy playoffs. But, you know, it's, it's such a small sample size of him doing great in two games last year, relatively speaking. But, you know, just... Factor in the two games, he averaged almost 14 PPR points. So is that the guy we're looking at? Or are we looking at one for four on one to <laughs> one target in week one? Yeah. You know, like that's hard to wrap your head around because it was the first game in the new offense and not a lot of preseason work. And I think Andrews was a surprise inactive, you know, based on how if I remember the practice reports, like was he gonna play, not gonna play, and they just were being cautious. So I think likely could be great. I think he could be awful. And we could be talking about somebody you're dropping going into the bye week if he has a limited amount of targets. Okay. And Herbert, we go over to the Chargers. Herbert is 12th for Jamie, 10th for Dave and Heath. Everything we said about Tua a little while ago, start Stroud and Dobbs and Fields and Goff and Kyler Murray over Tua. It's also over Herbert. Tua and Herbert are back-to-back for Jamie. Herbert 12 and Tua 13th. And Baltimore giving up the second fewest fantasy points to the quarterbacks. You know, Herbert has been kind of matchup dependent. He he stunk against the Chiefs. He stunk at the Jets. He had a big game last week at the Packers, who have been pretty good against uh, quarterbacks. But he did have 73 rushing yards there. And he was also good against the Cowboys. 23.1 fantasy points against the Cowboys. So I guess I'd say two good games and tough matchups. Two bad games. But the Chiefs and the Jets are are tougher than the Cowboys and the Packers, and the Ravens are more like the Chiefs and the Jets than they are the Packers and the Cowboys, in in my opinion. I agree. I, I don't think it's a <clears throat> excuse me outright sit Justin Herbert, but I wouldn't be playing him DFS. Uh, I guess you can't because of prime time, right? Um, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be looking at him as this is the guy that's going to save my fantasy week. Eckler still a must start. Yeah, Eckler and Allen are, are untouchable. Yeah, okay. And that's it, right? I mean, we're not going to start Quentin Johnston or or anyone. No. no. But Jalen Guyton's not a bad stash. Not a bad stash. Yeah, I just picked him up in a dynasty. League. I was happy about that. That's one of the ones that Heath was yelling at me about. Oh, okay. Donald Parham, if Everett's out, would come into play. But again, Everett practicing on Wednesday is not a good sign. Uh, mm-hmm. Ravens don't seem like they're amazing against tight ends. Seems like it might be a little bit of a vulnerability for them. Uh, and last question here is, is we going right back to the Ravens DST? Any concerns? No. I mean, again, you, you if you want to get ahead of your week 14 matchup and if there's somebody that you like there, or even week, excuse me, week 13 and 14 because the Ravens are on a bye next week, you know, so you might be able to get two weeks out of a DST that will help you. They have an interesting schedule coming up, right? They have the Chargers, who are second best against DSTs, and they have a bye. Then the Rams, then the Jaguars, 49ers on the road, both of them, and then the Dolphins. So at Jacksonville, at San Francisco, home against Miami in the fantasy playoffs for the Ravens. Uh, I think that's pretty much it for that game. Jacksonville's at Houston. Here we go. Game of the week. 
Is this going to be high scoring? These two teams are 10th and 11th in points per game. They're 11th and 14th in points per game allowed. So they've both actually been pretty good on defense. Um, here's the stat of the game. Ready, Travis Etienne, fantasy managers? You've been vomiting two weeks in a row. Get your barf bag out. The Texans allow the second fewest yards per carry to running backs. And all season long, they have allowed one running back carry of more than 20 yards. And that is to Najee Harris. The Texans have gone from perennially the worst run defense in football, basically, right there with the Chargers, to one of the best. It is weird. Is Travis Etienne a top 10 running back this week? He's right there. I mean, he's he's right there. So, um, if I'm not mistaken, he had a decent game against them in week three. He did. It was like 19 carries, 88 yards or something like that. It was, it was a good game. Uh, yeah, 19 for 88 and four catches for 50 yards. I can see something similar to that. Okay. You have Trevor Lawrence 15th, so you are starting Tua and Herbert and all those other guys we mentioned. Uh, would you start Derek Carr over Trevor Lawrence? No. Gardner Minshew? Not there yet. Okay. Um, C.J. Stroud, we'll go over to him. You know what's funny about C.J. Stroud? It's almost hard to accept this, but he has scored more than 20 fantasy points, I think only once in his last five. Uh, no, 21 or fewer in five of his last six games. But that one game where he went over 21, he scored 52 points. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's also thrown for 336 or more yards in three straight games. He threw three interceptions in the red zone last week. But I don't know. What do you think about that? Are we are we overrating him when you see C.J. Stroud 21 or fewer points in five of his last six games? Um, I don't think overrate. I think if we were overrating him, he would be top three, you know, Considering him in that range, maybe even top five. He was just outside that group. But, I mean, look, he's had some great games. He had a great game against Jacksonville. It's the only game this season where Jacksonville failed to have a sack or a turnover defensively um, was that week three game, which is rare. They gave 37 points. So, um, I mean, when Tank Dell has been on the field, I believe the numbers have been pretty exceptional for for Stroud. Full games. Yeah. Um, You know, that kid's having an unbelievable season. So yeah, I think with Collins and with uh with Dell and Schultz the way he's playing and you know, maybe Noah Brown's back, but I don't even think that matters. I think just those three options alone. It's been great. So yeah, so I don't have any hesitation about uh about Stroud. Daniel in our chat wants to know, should I start Stroud over Mahomes? I'm not there yet because I do think this is a uh uh remember me game for Mahomes against the Raiders too. You know, like I'm just going to show you what I can do. <laughs> you know, and Kelsey goes nuts. Um, but yeah, uh, no, I'm not there. Would you start Stroud or Goff? This, this, these decisions frustrate me because like, you should have gotten something great for one of these quarterbacks. <laughs> Trade. <laughs> yeah. There's some value to not giving away a league-winning quarterback, but yeah. Um, Stroud or Goff? But not if you're getting a league-winning receiver yeah, yeah, running right, back. You have to, right. Uh, Stroud or Goff? Stroud. Stroud or Purdy? Stroud. Okay. Here's the Jeff Wilson quote, by the way, from Mike McDaniel. Jeff is ready, fully healthy, and I'm ready for the people's champ to get some action. (laughs) (laughs) He's my hero. I just love this guy. We have to get him on the show in the offseason. All right. What else from this game here? So all we've talked about is the quarterbacks, basically. Let's talk about the wide receivers. Is Tank Dell the only must-start wide receiver in this game? 
No, I think Nico and the two Jaguars guys qualify as in the conversation. Really? Um, so Nico, I think you got to consider him, especially if Campbell's out, a must-start guy. He did not have a great game against the Jaguars in week three. But I still trust him. You know, he's he's been fairly consistent with his targets and production in the two games that he's come back from the calf injury. Um, and then for the Jaguars, look, uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, slot receivers have done well against the Texans. And Kirk should hopefully follow suit, but that also leads itself to Ridley, maybe if he's getting in the slot. I think they're I think all four of these guys are I have them ranked as starters. So, you know, it just depends on what you're looking at. You think high scoring game or you know good fantasy production in this game? I think good fantasy production. You know, I, I can't sit here and say high scoring game without expecting Lawrence to play well, and I don't expect Lawrence to play well. But we've seen that this this season where the receivers have gotten numbers. He's been basically a one touchdown guy or a two touchdown guy with some interceptions or turnovers. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of where he'll be. Like I think he'll be in the eighteen to twenty point range. I just don't think he's going to eclipse what he's done, which he's only done once, you know, been 21 or 22 points. He only has three games over 20 points this year. Right. And only one game over 22, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you think about the uh, Texans running backs with Devin Singletary practicing this week? Their offensive coordinator, Bobby Slowick said before week 11, he said that he thought he believed in splitting carries and that nothing had changed after that was after Devin Singletary's first big game. Okay. After he went to, he went for a, uh, 30 carries, 150 yards, and a touchdown against the Bengals. Then he followed that up with 22 carries, 112 yards, and a touchdown against the Cardinals. What do you think if Pierce plays? What do you think if Pierce doesn't play? I mean, how do you go away from that? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, make make Pierce the second guy. Give him some work. Maybe not give, for your team's perspective, don't give Singletary 20-plus carries. Maybe give him 18 and give Singletary, you know, give Pierce 4-5 to five and maybe a target or two in the passing game, but I, I think if like I'm gonna downgrade Singletary, I have him as a start and start set, I'm gonna take him out because it just doesn't feel safe to tell people to start him. But still as a flex. I can't get away from what he has been and and really what I think is not an awful matchup. You know, Jacksonville's given up some production to running backs uh, over the course of the season when you when they've seen work. And I think that's what'll hopefully be the case for Singletary. They're good for they're good per carry, Jacksonville. Three point six two yards per carry to running backs. They are bad in the passing game. Fourth most receiving yards per game. The running backs, not exactly. But not part exa- of that is the Camara game, though. Um. Yeah. Let me see. What else? Uh, Kyle Yuschik caught a touchdown. McCaffrey had six for forty-seven. Najee Harris had forty-two yards. Jonathan Taylor had forty-six yards. Zach Moss had thirty-eight yards. Uh, Camara had twelve for ninety-one. So it definitely that is part of it. Jacksonville has allowed 24 or more receiving yards to a running back in eight of their last nine games. 24 is not a huge number. Um, you look at what the Texans passing game is, by the way. It is downfield, downfield, downfield. C.J. Stroud, his dot the last three weeks has just been ridiculous. And let's see. It's been 11, 11.9, and 10.1 intended air yards per pass attempt three straight weeks. That's crazy. And Tank Dell has really been the downfield guy for them. So he's really benefited from it. Dalton Schultz is top eight for everyone in all formats. And what about Evan Ingram? Can he get back on track? Because the last two games have been terrible for him. But really, I wish I had brought this up earlier, earlier in the week. He, those are really tough matchups. They were, yep. um, they were San Francisco and Tennessee. They're both top four against tight ends. Houston's 31st. What do you think? 
Yeah, I said this uh, last week that, you know, I didn't like the matchup against Tennessee. They only team yet to allow a touchdown to a tight end. We know he hasn't scored this year. But I said, look at the next two games. It's Houston and Cincinnati, and those are the two worst teams at stopping tight ends. So I, I in one league, I made a trade for Evan Ingram to for, for this specific reason. I was the Kyle Pitts. As a Kyle Pitts manager, I, I, I traded Gus Edwards and Pitts for Ingram and Madison. And so with the hope that Ingram starts to get hot, some touchdowns will come. I think he'll probably end the season with four or five. So you, you have the chance to maybe you know capitalize on some big games coming. And this could be one of them. He had seven for 67 in that week three game. So, you know, big part of what the Jacksonville offense was then. And you've seen some, you know, big tight end games against the the Texans of late. So, you know, the Kate Otten game, I believe. Kate Otten's big game came against them, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yep. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, McBride was okay, um, but not to the level that I think you hoped, given the matchup. But I think Evan, Evan Ingram qualifies as a borderline top five guy in PPR for this week. Even Kyle Pitts was good against his team. Even Kyle Pitts was good against <laughs> Seven catches for 87 yards on 11 targets. Uh, let's see. We got Mr. Rational asking McBride, Ingram, or Ferguson. Who do I start? I think he's and, Mr. Irrational with how many times he's Yeah, posted. seriously. You uh, don't have to do it five times. It's it's obnoxious. Uh, ten, seven times, eight times. Wow. You're going McBride here, though, right? Uh, yeah. And again, another situation <laughs> where, you you know, if you haven't, trade deadline hasn't passed, make a deal. Uh, okay. Um <laughs> All right, we can take a break here. When we come back, Cleveland's at Denver. Who wants some punts? Give them away in this game. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Okay, ready to get excited about David Njoku. Cleveland's at Denver, and your stat of the game, the Broncos allow the most fantasy points to tight ends. A tight end has 50 yards or a touchdown in seven of 10 games against the Broncos. Evan Ingram from our last game or David Njoku from our current game? Give a slight lean toward Ingram because I trust his quarterback more, but my gosh, 15 targets for David Njoku from DTR, 24 targets in his last two games. His floor is as consistent as you can find for a tight end. I think it's uh, six of seven with 10 plus PPR points. Um, Just not a lot of big plays and clearly non-PPR, but the same thing for Ingram. You know, they're just not scoring touchdowns. And I do favor the matchup for uh, for Jacksonville. But let me look at the over-under, 36 points. Yeah, I mean, last gosh. week, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh-Cleveland was 32, and they crushed the under. You know, So this just feels like another ugly game coming for these two teams. And Njoku is as close to a must-start guy in this game as you can find. When I, did, when I started thinking about this game, I didn't really like Jerome Ford. But the more I thought about it, I really think Denver's offense is going to struggle mightily and Ford's going to have plenty of chances to carry the ball. And this is maybe the worst run defense in football, Denver. They're so bad. But I do think Javante versus Ford is an interesting debate here because I I initially was Javante, but I think seeing all the rankings and thinking about the way this game might play out, I think think I'll go with Ford. But you're definitely Ford, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we we, we saw last week the the pitfalls of what Javante could be, you know, when he's not getting 20 plus carries and he's not finding the end zone as a pass catcher. And so Maj P had seven catches on seven targets and Javante was not that guy because they weren't throwing to him on first and second down. So this is going to be a, a slug fest, you know, field goal fest. You mentioned a lot of punting. Um, Cleveland's defense is awesome. They really are. You know, if, if they make it to the playoffs, you know, 
kudos to Jim Schwartz and Miles Garrett and that crew uh, for getting there because they're not going to do it as an offense. But yeah, I think you just look at. It. I mean, the the Bills couldn't run the ball to save their lives, and both Latavius Murray and James Cook, with James Cook fumbling multiple times, big games. You know, last week both Minnesota guys, big games, and I think potentially big games coming for not just Jerome Ford but also Kareem Hunt. You know, like. I would start Kareem Hunt over Javante Williams. That's how confident I am in wow. this Broncos run defense being that bad. They are that bad, but I, I think the Browns' run defense is good, not great. I mean, their pass defense is a lot better. Yeah, but it's like they gave up a big play to Jalen Warren last week. Like, that's not going to happen for Javante Williams. Well, no, he doesn't have that kind of speed. But remember, Javante Williams had 27 carries against the Chiefs and 21 carries against the Bills, and then he had 11 carries last week against the Vikings. And why did he have 11 carries? Well, they were trailing for a lot of that game, and the Vikings have a great run defense. I mean, it's much better than the Chiefs. It's much better than the Bills. And it's probably much better than even the Browns. The Vikings have a, have a ridiculously good run defense. Um, as, far, as far as those seven catches went for Pirine, four of them were on the game-winning drive. So yep. so it, just, it was a bad game script for Javante Williams. I don't think that's happening here. Uh, I think they're favored. It's going to be, I think, a pretty close neck-and-neck game. So they could obviously be trailing. That would suck. Uh, but I think they'll be in it. So I, I think he gets more care. I, I don't know why it was such an even split last week between Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford. Because it seemed like Ford had really been establishing himself as, as RB1 there. And then they had about the same amount of carries last week. So that's what concerns me a little bit there. Yeah, I, I mean, it, that's like, like I'm saying. I feel like both Browns running backs could have the chance for big games, or both could stink. But yeah. I, I'll, I'll look at this matchup. It's bad. That defense yeah. is bad. And they just lost Kareem Jackson, who's a big part of the run defense, too. Well, yeah, but he's probably going to save them a couple of 15-yard penalties. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Would you start Javante Williams or Alexander Madison against the Bears? Javante. Mm, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, or Javante? Uh, Warren, Javante, Harris. Just just wait till we get to that game. My Jalen Warren stat, tie your shoes, because it's going to knock your socks off if you don't. Uh, Sit Amari Cooper? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> two games with DTR have been ugly. Why do you guys have court- defense? Oh yeah, no, no. I sit, sit Amari Cooper. Like, just forget it. I think, I think we both said we're starting Brandon Cooks over him, right? Yeah, I would. Yeah. All right. Why do you have guys? Why do you guys have Cortland Sutton ranked so high? I feel like it's a mistake. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, uh, I mean, he scored a touchdown in five straight games, and you know, like, <laughs> I'm so pissed about that one last week because I lost a fantasy game on that play. Um, but yeah, this defense sucks. It's, it's great. It's, it sucks for receivers. <laughs> Yeah, they uh, let's see. They give up the second fewest points to receivers. Let's see who's had good games against them. I don't think I have that, actually. Let's see who struggled against them. Uh, these are the wide receivers who have failed to score 13 points against the Browns. Chase Higgins, Hopkins, Ayuk, Flowers twice, Metcalf, Marquise Brown, Deontay Johnson. None of them scored 13 PPR fantasy points. Uh, who did? Josh Downs had a huge game. Big play. Pickens had a big play. Michael Pittman had two catches for 83 yards and a touchdown. Pittman had a big play. Yeah, you, you almost have to luck your way into... Oh, Tyler Loggett had a big game. You almost have to luck your way into a production against this team. 
So uh, how does Sutton compare to... Looks like a very cold bottle that you've got there. Is that one of those mm-hmm. keeps it extremely cold bottles? It's a swell bottle, yes. Okay. I got this. Uh, this one was a gift from the um, city of Minnesota for the Super Bowl. Oh. They gave them away as a, a media night. Yeah, that's what they need to do in Minnesota. Keep things colder. Am I right, folks? Where's my... Thank you. So <laughs> what, how does Sutton compare to Garrett Wilson and Jalen Waddle? Right now I have him ahead. I should probably put him on. I don't know that you should. I've been telling you, it's week 12, man. Everybody's matchup's terrible. Don't like anyone. But he's just touchdown dependent. I mean, I hate those guys. Yeah, but they're the touchdown dependent. He's like the Gus Edwards of receivers. He gets all of these end zone targets. Yep. How about this stat? There are 66 receivers with 40 or more targets. Sutton is 14th in average route depth. He's running deep routes, but he's 45th in ADOT. So he just, Russell Wilson refused to throw it downfield. We're sitting Judy... And we're, that's it. Uh, which DST do you like better? Uh, the Browns. Okay, Pittsburgh's at Cincinnati. Here's your I stat. got a joke for you. I sent this to you. I'll tell it on the air. Oh, please. Uh, why did Dracula take cold medicine? Why? To stop his coffin. <laughs> <laughs> the other one you said was better. Uh, what's the leading? What's the leading cause of dry skin? What is it? Towels. <laughs> <laughs> It's terrific. All right, Pittsburgh's at Cincinnati. Your stat of the game. I love this. Love it. Over the last three weeks, Jalen Warren has the 19th most carries among running backs, but he has the most rushing yards in the NFL. Jalen Warren is averaging 9.1 yards per carry in his last uh, three weeks. But this is my favorite part of it. He has 35 carries. He has gained 10 or more yards on 13 of them. That is an unbelievable ratio. 35 carries. He has 13 of them with 10 or more yards. There have only been 14 running backs all season with 13 carries of 10 or more yards. And by the way, the Bengals allow the sixth most running back carries of 10 or more yards. He's on fire. I'm fascinated by this game in particular because you have the Steelers side of things. They just fired their offense coordinator. And we have no idea what this offense is going to look like. Is there going to be more passes? Is it going to be Najee over Warren? Warren over Najee? You know, like what's going to take place for Pittsburgh? Can we finally get some, you know, just let's just see what we got with Kenny Pickett and pre-snap motion and all these things that we just haven't seen from Pittsburgh and just more creativity. And then you got the other side with no Joe Burrow. And what this offense is going to look like with Jake Browning. I mean, there's just so many things at play. Yeah. So many things at play. Yeah, I hope, right. what I hope is, you know, and, and the things we've talked about a lot throughout the course of the season is we see more Warren, less Najee, just to see what that looks like. We see more of a, of a route tree for Pickens and to see what that looks like. Uh, or we just get back to, you know, if you're on the other side of it, we get back to just peppering Deontay Johnson with targets because that's been missing the last two weeks. Uh, Fryermuth gets this great matchup. You know, we'll see how he does. So there's just there's so many things that could happen this week. So many things. Would you start Warren over Mixon? Um, I have them back to back right now. Oh. So Mixon twenty four, Warren twenty five. Yeah, it's just hard to see Warren getting in. You know, eighteen carries. It just seems sort of out of the realm of possibility. Well, I mean, you know, and and this kind of speaks to maybe what could happen with when Mike Tomlin was asked <laughs> about the firing, and he says, "I want to see more points." 
<laughs> so does that mean your best player is getting featured? And right now, Jalen Warren's a better player than Najee Harris. You know, I mean, I, I don't think Najee's completely washed up. You know, I, I know there are a lot of things he doesn't do well, but I don't think he's completely washed up. I think he can still be a serviceable running back. But Jalen Warren's just better. Yeah. He just he just runs better than than Najee right now. There's more explosiveness. And so you're trying to not save your season because they're in playoff contention, but you're trying to be a legitimate contender. And if you want to be a legitimate contender, give Warren those chances. Yeah, yeah. Could it, Maybe it's the start of something. It could be. He also could use some more catches. He hasn't had a ton of those lately. But all right, Mixon and Warren are, are on the cusp there. Charbonnet or Warren? Warren. Uh, I have a joke from the chat here. Why don't some cousin Ernest? Why don't zombies eat clowns, Jamie? I don't know. Because they taste funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Deontay Johnson. You feel optimistic about him? No, <laughs> but you know, again, it could totally change. So, starter and three receiver PPR leagues. I think sitting him in. Non PBR makes sense just because of what we've seen over the last couple of seasons with Kenny Pickett. But look again, this could be Mike Sullivan, new play caller. Let's get Deontay going. Let's get Pickens different options. Let's get Kenny Pickett. You know, I saw one um, one Steelers beat writer say this move was totally about finding out what they have in Kenny Pickett as much as it's about making the playoffs. It's finding out is he your guy, and you can't do that by him he just isn't. handing off. He is not their guy. Yeah, I would guess that's the case. Yeah. So Cincinnati's given up 86 or more yards to five wide receivers in their last five games. Lockett, Ayuk, Diggs, Noah Brown, and Odell Beckham. But it's hard to trust anybody right now. Look, the thing is, you look at what Pickett's done the last three games. It's been horrible. He's not that bad. He's not the worst quarterback in the history of planet Earth. He's averaging like 130 yards or something per game in his last three games. So it will get a little bit better. because Tommy was- DeVito has more multiple touchdown yeah. games in his career than Kenny Pickett. It's unbelievable. Okay, uh, sit Pat Fryermuth. So, sit Jake Browning. Joe Mixon's right on the border. He's 24th for Jamie. And I'll go mix. I think I'm the low guy, right? Barely, but yeah. Let I'll go some receivers versus Mixon. Uh, Nico Collins or Mixon? Nico. Calvin Ridley or Mixon? Mixon. Tyler Lockett or Mixon? Mixon. Okay. Interesting matchup. The Steelers. They they have I think one carry since week. One carry in their last seven or eight games has gone for more than 16 yards. It was A.J. Dillon had a 40-yard run, something like that. Uh, so they've been pretty good against the run. Uh, okay, Cincinnati wide receivers. Should we, let's talk more about Jamar Chase. I definitely not starting T. Hig- or definitely not starting Tyler Boyd. We're not expecting T. Higgins yet. We'll see if he practices. But what do you think about uh, Jamar Chase this week? A number two receiver. You know, it's, it's, it's sad to, to say that. That's funny because, like, I... I know there are a couple leagues I have him in and a couple leagues I'm playing against him. And, you know, like you go, I like to look sometimes at the scoring preview on, on our site to see who's favored and to see like Jamar Chase with the same fantasy points as, uh, you know, not bad guys, not bad receivers, but like Nico Collins, right. <laughs> you know, like stuff like that. Like you don't, you don't expect that. You're like, oh, I win this matchup. No, no, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so yeah. I'm hopeful. You know, the the thing that we saw at least despite – a really tough matchup last week against the Ravens who have done well against Jamar chase with Joe Burrow. He still scored the touchdown at the end. And, you know, so is that a jumping off point? Is, is there something that you can say, okay, Browning will come in and feature him and 
hopefully get him still playing at the level. And I'll go back. I've made the joke a few times. He says he's always bleeping open. Well, get open for your new guy, you know, and give him some easy throws. Make it easy on him. So I'm not benching him by any stretch. Pretty interesting development. You mentioned a couple weeks ago, I was kind of trashing the Steelers pass defense that Joey Porter is kind of emerging. And I would not say that he shadowed Amari Cooper last week, but he was certainly on Cooper a lot and did a really nice job. And I wonder if if they'll do that with him and Jamar Chase. Obviously, they'll give him help. But this kind of uh, emerging rookie cornerback is Joey Porter for the Steelers. And the Steelers, uh, they are 24th against receivers. They've been pretty bad so far. They struggle against outside receivers. They might be getting better. But on paper, it's a great matchup for Chase. We usually don't even have to talk about matchups for Chase. Uh, Puka Nakua or Jamar Chase? Puka with no cup. If cup plays, Chase. Cup if he plays or Chase? I don't know how much I'm going to trust cup. So... I probably would rank Puka over Cup, but I would downgrade Puka if Cup plays. Puka with no Cup out on the field would be a very dangerous thing for Puka Nakua, so he should reconsider. Hit the music. Rim shot. Chase or Devontae Smith? I think I have him back-to-back with Chase one spot higher. And I want to say one thing about Jake Browning. I did think he looked okay, except on one thing, deep balls. He was horrible. So he, he he did not do well there. But it could just be, you know, low A dot, a lot of catches for Chase. <sighs> Which DST do you like better, Bengals or Steelers? Steelers. Kansas City's at Las Vegas. Patrick Mahomes is top four. At some point, we might have to accept that the Raiders have a good pass defense, by the way. <laughs> this is not the layup on paper that you would think. But Patrick Mahomes is fourth, so just start him. Um, Pacheco is Jamie's start of the week. Start him. Pacheco or Chase? Chase. Any interest in Rasheed Rice? (sighs) Uh, Number three receiver at best. Like, I don't know what they're doing. I really don't understand. Like, I thought coming off the bye week, okay, let's get this kid going. You know, and, and, you know, you look at some of the, the, the routes and he's not necessarily doing a lot of the things I think that Andy Reid wants or Mahomes wants. And, but my gosh, you just saw your veteran guy drop a huge pass. You saw another semi veteran guy in Justin Watson, get 11 targets, run some bad routes and drops like play him 80% of the snaps. Give him a chance. Like sky Moore has been a bust. Kadarius Tony's a bust. Like you need something to help Travis Kelsey and Mahomes. And I don't know if he's the answer, but at least I'd like to see it happen to try. Troy Aikman said something during the game. Let's see if I can look this up. Yards. Let's see. I think almost every one of his catches has been 10 yards or shorter. Uh, not gained, but where he caught it. And he has a five-yard dot. So I think it's th- at this point, it's just you just can't expect anything. He's good after the catch. But he's just not a complete wide receiver. He he's just a short area guy, and that's all Rasheed Rice is right now, unfortunately. Um, okay, sorry if I misquoted Troy Aikman, but I I mean that sounds right because his A dot is five yards. And start Kelsey, Sid O'Connell, Josh Jacobs, or Joe Mixon. Jacobs slightly. I know you like Pacheco better than Jacobs. You are the low guy on Jacobs. Actually, no, Heath is the low guy on Jacobs in full PPR. Trying to figure out what's going on with the catches here. I mean, it seems like O'Connell's only throwing to Devontae Adams. 
But remember that game that you mentioned earlier, that Chargers game where Jacobs and O'Connell hooked up for 11 targets and eight catches? Well, the Chargers just happened to be you know, one of the worst against pass-catching running backs. They give up the second-most receptions, the second-most. But it's most not necessarily about the catches. It's about the targets. Like, they gave, they right. gave him opportunities. They did. I wonder, I mean, is there something about the Chargers' defense that makes quarterbacks dump it off? Do they play their – I don't know. I think that's more a Josh McDaniels system thing than Could it be. is a current – I forget the offense coordinator's name, but the, the current system that they're using. And, uh, all right, let's talk about Devontae Adams. We talked about him this morning going up against the team that – is really good against receivers, seventh best. But I, I remember just a few weeks ago, we were worried about him against the Jets, and he had six catches for 86 yards on 13 targets. So starter sit Devontae Adams. He's right there with Jalen Warren, uh, Jalen Waddle for me, excuse me, um, outside the top 24. I'll probably bump him up a spot as I adjust Cortland Sutton. The targets have been great the last two weeks. It's not just the Jets. He's also faced the Dolphins, and he scored. You know, so, you know, that's the encouraging part. 12.6, I believe, is the number or more in each of the last two weeks, uh, PPR points. But, you know, you've you've certainly made the case for Legereus need to be all pro and all pro. And <laughs> it's, it's I, deserving. Dude, I looked at his PFF coverage grade tonight. He's 121st or something like that. His coverage grade against uh, corner, again, among corners. I, I don't get it. And his passer rating allowed is elite. He's got one of the lowest passer rating allowed, uh, passer ratings allowed. I mean, I wonder how much they take into personal, you know, or pass interference calls because he gets flagged a lot. Yeah, he does. I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know the formula there. Uh, I was reading a little bit about, he said, the the, the Chiefs were saying, and, and he was saying specifically, the emergence of McDuffie on the other side has allowed him to mm-hmm. shadow these guys because they're trusting McDuffie on the other side. But, I mean, you look at what he's done. A.J. Brown, one catch for eight yards. Uh, Tyreek Hill, 14 PPR points, well below his average. Um, Keenan Allen, I don't know how much he was on Keenan Allen, but you know, just the team limiting a number one receiver. Keenan Allen, minimal production. Justin Jefferson, before he got hurt, minimal production. You know, like They've just yeah. been erasing guys. That's the amazing one. I forget about that one. Three catches for 28 yards, and he played three quarters of the game, Justin Jefferson. So it's, it's pretty impressive, and... You know, you look at, okay, we've got four games, the last four games for, for Devontae Adams. Two were awesome, or t- two were good. Not awesome by his standards, but two were good, and two were miserable. And so I probably think you go somewhere in between that because of the coverage, and that makes him not a must-start guy for me. Okay, someone asked Adams or Garrett Wilson. I'd go Wilson. Okay, and uh, sit Michael Mayer, start the Chiefs DST. Carolina, Tennessee, and I don't mean to shortchange this game, but I think we could do this game in about 45 seconds. But here's your stat of the game. DeAndre Hopkins' A dot with Will Levis is 17.1 yards. <laughs> that is way too high, way too high. He doesn't get any layups, you know? it's If he's going to make a big play, it's going to be on a flea flicker and a downfield shot, basically. Uh, but uh, I asked you earlier, Thielen versus Henry. I know you like both of them. I didn't ask you about Hopkins. Do you like DeAndre Hopkins? Behind Adams, behind Waddle, uh, closer to Josh Downs. You know, so number three receiver. Okay. And is there anyone else? Thielen and Henry are pretty close to must starts. Yeah, I don't like the uh, the Panthers running backs. You know, I think what we saw last week. 
you got to be a little bit encouraged. You know, they their their yards per carry. You should love this was was fairly oh, successful yeah, for <laughs> for them. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, put your pants back on. Um, oh, but uh, um, you know, at what point they start to go back to Sanders and and give him more work. So yeah, you know, it's I don't think it's a layup matchup, but it's not horrible. I just think it's uh, you know. Let me look at some of the over unders we showed you 36 and a half, 35, 32. You know, it's like week 12, not 32 this week. But I, I, by the end of the week, I want you to admit how crappy week 12 is. Oh, I don't disagree that it's crappy, but you said there are no good matchups. There are no like, good matchups. Still- Nobody's got a good matchup, James. I'm well, sorry. Well, Derrick Henry's got a good matchup. Adam Thielen <laughs> has a good matchup. Derrick Henry, yes, these guys do have good matchups. Henry or Bijan? I'd go Bijan. Look, I mean, Henry is more of, okay, we have some things we can point to. Panthers, bad. Again, the the stat I gave you earlier, 16.2 PPR points in six of seven games where they've been uh, winning or seven points or less. I can't imagine that the Panthers blow them out. Um, So, yeah. So, you know, wouldn't surprise me if Henry's a top five guy this week. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving, Jamie. You too, my friend. I feel like if we had another game to preview, we'd we'd bring it into midnight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're done. Schaefer, thanks for uh, hanging out with us. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And to all of you out there, again, Really appreciate it. Great stuff. I know what uh, player you won't be excited about tomorrow because you're not getting it. What? Donald Parham. (laughs) Very true. Very true. Uh, Regretting it already. That turkey that we bought, the pre-cooked turkey, looks pretty nice. Looks pretty nice. And one of our listeners sent me cooking instructions, heating (laughs) instructions. He said he just cut up like hundreds of pounds of turkey to sir i don't know where he works but he's he knows what he's doing so we're, we're gonna crush this it's gonna be great did uh, you uh did you kick dan out of the league yet no he's we're gonna give him a chance to defend himself on the mailbag okay I think he's gonna yada 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 it <laughs> you can't yada 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 dynasty see you later everybody happy thanksgiving <laughs>